If you live in a town that's generally pretty active like Coeur d'Alene is, you see fit, healthy, and active people all the time. In fact, I'm amazed if I get through an entire walk or a hike without seeing someone jogging or bike riding or training for Ironman. If you're unfamiliar with Coeur d'Alene, this city is rather fortunate to have certain conveniences related to health, both physical and mental. With all of these first world conveniences at our disposal, you'd think it was easy to get a good education on how to get and stay healthy. Unfortunately, as many of us know, it's anything but easy, and if you don't believe me, take a moment and think of all the fad diets that have come and gone just in your lifetime, and how many of those diets turned out to be total baloney. What works for one does not work for everyone, after all. We know this to be true, so it shouldn't seem like much of a stretch to say that women simply have different health needs than men do. Now this is obvious to most, but what are we talking about exactly? Diet, medical care, exercise, menstrual health, childbirth, reproductive rights, birth control, infertility. We could go about a million different directions with women's health, and to tell you the truth, I had no clue where to start with this episode in the beginning because of that. Then it hit me. First, the obvious tiny detail, I'm a dude. Which makes me realize the second point, the void in women's health education towards men. Remember the main goal of this podcast? It's about bringing people together and learning from one another, allowing us to move forward together as a single community. To educate, not isolate. Therefore, this episode and this topic is absolutely crucial for men to learn as well. So guys, if the title didn't phase you and you're here listening now, don't go anywhere. For the ladies listening, my guest today is here to educate and enlighten you. Dr. Hannah Layden, a chiropractor at Spolster Family Chiropractic and dear friend, is the host of a monthly seminar called Holistic Moms Group and regularly educates women, locally and otherwise, about the natural functions of a woman's body and has tons of information about the what and the why behind this subject. And just a note, we'll be approaching this discussion from a holistic mindset. So if you're unfamiliar with holistic health or other such ideas, you've got the most to gain here. So stay tuned as we wander through the woods on this episode five of the Sustainable Culture Podcast, Women's Health. So, Hannah, you work in a chiropractic office. You're a chiropractor. Yes. We're going to talk more about where you work kind of later because I have lots of plans for the Spolstra team. I wanted to ask a, a lightly challenging question out the gate because I'm sure you've already gotten this. With respect, yes. what would a chiropractor know about women's health ha. specifically? Ha. So, that's a cool thing, and I didn't realize that either when I first went to chiropractic college. I got into chiropractic because I was an athlete and I had a sports injury, and so I thought very much in that biomechanical, alignment, musculoskeletal kind of idea. And then when I got to school and I learned and I understood like the nervous system and brain 
and like how the brain controls everything in the body and then you start linking that to the control over the different systems in the body and it's you know cardiovascular it's reproductive it's endocrine it's digestive and so you talk about women's health and we one taking care of that whole body but specifically what makes women so unique is their reproductive organs their hormones their ability to have a baby and so it ties together way more than you would expect it gives me a very good platform to then educate and kind of specify or do a focus in my own practice working with women Mm -hmm. yeah you guys do a lot of groups and meetings and discussions and Mm -hmm. all kinds of cool stuff specifically for women in various ways Yes. I've always been really impressed with how many things you guys do in that outlet because it, it really develops a sense of community. And we're going to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is such a huge area mm-hmm. of discussion <laughs> that I could go so many directions with off the bat. But um, I was like, what are we going to talk about? I how know. are we going to boil down the pieces of women's health, especially when we look at in the United States alone or globally? It's a big topic. Exactly. When I was thinking of doing this episode, I, I was immediately thought, thinking to myself, you're crazy. There's no way you can fit this into an episode. So we probably won't fit it into one episode. It's probably going to be uh, several. But because of all that and the, yes. the, the sort of broad nature of it, let's start at the bottom and kind of explain to listeners why we need to distinguish women's health apart from simply generic human health. Yeah. So why should this be in the interest of women in general in regard to how they approach their health? So, and this is one of the things through like my workshops and like my one-on-one consulting with women is kind of redefining the whole paradigm around women's health. Because if you were to go look on a magazine stand and try and pick out like a magazine that's dedicated to women's health, it's it's very superficial. You know, even like women's health fairs or like what people expect when they're thinking about women's health. I mean, it's diet, it's exercise, it's, you know, crazy like weird therapies for pain and Botox and, you know, cosmetics. And really, women's health is like it is our reproductive system and our hormones and we are built and designed to create life, which we kind of think that that's an expectation of women, but then we don't honor it in the same way. So I want to kind of like just allow women to then understand what is women's health? Like, why is their health different than men uniquely, but then honoring and respecting what makes them a woman, which is their reproductive organs, their hormones, and monthly periods, which that right there is a question that we could talk about, or, you know, a thing we could talk about. Right. I wanted to talk a bit about the meetings that you do where you work. One of them is like this holistic moms group that goes on. Yes. You do these other speeches and discussions and stuff, too, in regard to, like, women's health. And I have a lot going on right now, too. Yeah, so let's expand on that. Tell us a bit about that. So I'm a mom. I have a three-year-old son. And so I do think kind of where my passion stemmed from is the fact that I was a mom or, you know, had a baby, went through the postpartum period, you know, looking at how that health shifts before and after having a baby. And then again, even socially, right? Like we kind of lose that sense of community when you're a mom. So we wanted to bring about this holistic moms group to one, bring women together physically, not just online, to be able to connect. And then we wanted to create a safe place that women, no matter where they were on this like holistic journey, it's like really you're just making the best decisions you can for your family with the information and knowledge that you have. So where's a safe place that we can 
give more information, but allow a woman to show up no matter what she knows and not feel judged or ashamed and respected for her own decisions. So we started the Holistic Moms group over a year ago, January 2018, and that's really grown. We have an online platform as well to continue that connection, and it's over 150 members. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty proud about that. And great feedback from these women in Coeur d'Alene that are like, we just, yeah, we need a place to go and connect. It's really lively on Facebook. I haven't seen a lot of groups and pages that are as thriving as that one is. You know, there's just so many people commenting and actively discussing things. And and asking questions and knowing that no matter what the question is, that they are going to get a response back from women that they know, that know that they're also a human being. And so then there's like kindness and like it is more helpful than, say, criticizing in potentially other groups that you might be in. I'm wondering then, we talk on this podcast, for example, and maybe this is the best segue into that. You yeah. know, one of, one of the main goals of this podcast is to bring local community together as, yes. as a way to educate ourselves in a position yeah. where we can move together as a cohesive unit into whatever future it is that we decide that we need to go into. Hopefully it's a sustainable one. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea here. Uh <laughs> So let's use what we just were talking about there in terms of what that Holistic Moms group does and what that community environment does. Let's talk about some ways that spotlighting this topic of women's health helps accomplish that goal of moving together forward as a, yeah. as a community. So, you know, and, and maybe again more so in women's health just because we are dealing with, we are more complicated and our trajectory and when we become parents is different than, you know, like I can say this, like different than my husband. And like, again, when we create this community so that women can connect, we're basically, when you're talking about like sustainability, we're bringing back what we've kind of lost culturally. If you think of other cultures and how like women are coming together and they're all helping each other out it's like if you have a baby in another country you have like all the women from the village are coming around you to help you and in the United States we're, we're somewhat isolated and and then we're just kind of left to do it on our own and figure it out right there's no like wise grandmother figure telling us oh you had a baby and if this is happening this is what it means and if you're feeling this way this is what it means and here's a remedy and here's something you can do and so again creating this like holistic moms group but even just like a community and I think that's what we also tried to make it it's bolsterized like a community where people can come and learn and get information at a very low barrier right like if they're free mm-hmm. like come and gather some information so that you can make better decisions or you can gain some knowledge into what's going on and not feel so alone and kind of like you're on an island and I mean if, if I'm the only mom out there that says she's ever ever felt somewhat isolated I like I don't think that's possible right I yeah, think at some I point know that's not true right you know like at some point every woman is going to feel a little bit lost and am I making the right decisions for myself am I making the right decisions for my family and so providing again not only a place to just connect but then to provide information from the outsider's perspective Mm -hmm. I mean from an obvious outsider's perspective it seems really I guess I'm trying to think of a more sophisticated word than just frustrating I mean frustrating Uh one thing but it seems like when it comes to health and their body women are always in this 
more unique position than I've ever seen from like an observational standpoint yeah. in the sense that society says two completely opposing things. Um, it's, it's one is it's your business. You do what you want. Mm -hmm. And the other is do everything I tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you deal with that? <laughs> and from a health perspective, trying to do what you think is best, how do you deal with these societal pressures? I mean, there's all, there's all this stuff people talk about. Which is why we've create a space where we're like open arms like doesn't matter what you think like come and I'm going to be non-judgmental and I'm going to respect where you're at but I'm also going to help lead you or guide you into just having a bigger understanding of what's going on so that you may make the choice to have a different opinion right so if you think about society I mean yeah they're always telling women what to do if we look at even just the birth community that alone and the movement to allow women to feel more empowered in their bodies through pregnancy and especially delivery I mean we've medicalized something so natural and taken away so much choice just in that realm so then again when we're talking about like, how big is this topic? Exactly. I could do a, a whole series health. on childcare alone. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you want to embrace these women in their journeys and where they've gotten. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what do they want moving forward? And so I find that every woman kind of wants something different, but they also kind of want the same thing. And they just don't know it. And it's that understanding of what's going on in their bodies because I do think postpartum or after having a baby or as we're getting older, that's frustrating. It's like you don't know what's going on in your own body and we're not set up in society to be able to tell women what's going on. And I had a conversation with a lady yesterday and she's going, her doctor told her that's normal. And she's going, no. It's not normal. And it's like, how frustrating is that? And so, right. but that's how we are now approaching women's health. It's like, we're not looking for underlining cause or we're not respecting the actual natural physiology and we need to be. Do you think we assume we understand it more than we do? Well, we're very mechanistic, right? We're very much like, I think if we look at how anybody looks at the body, it's like a textbook read of this organ does this and this part of your body does this and this does this. And we forget that everything is connected. And so when women are having health issues, to not link it to their reproductive organs or it's like you're a disconnect. It's like thyroid issues. Like mm -hmm. we're like, oh, you just have a thyroid issue here's a medication and we're again we're not looking at the whole picture oh like gallbladder stuff yeah connected like, to I so mean, many things all of it mm -hmm. all of it and then to say like you know with women i like what's the statistic that drives me mad the most like what's you know like <laughs> what is the most frustrating thing for me as a practitioner that works with women is hearing the same story in a different way and knowing there's the same solution but again we're just not approaching it the way we're, we could so let's <laughs> let's get into that actually that's that's a really hard thing ah, to like define because it is. because and that was part of the thing that's so fascinating about this topic yeah I have this horrible habit of picking things to talk about that could theoretically take ages well, or it's like, books. It's like me and focusing on women's health. I'm like, wow, like this is a huge topic and I cannot honestly be the expert in all of it. But I tell you, I've worked pretty darn hard to, to understand it to a point that I can at least help people. Now, let's talk about how you help people in regard to 
our let's go back to our society again yes. this is whole the whole concept here is addressing this in terms of our society and how we can kind of learn from our current situation and see where we can get to in a more you know if it's a more sustainable system well so, and that's the question do we think women's health is sustainable exactly so you and you can't <laughs> you can't talk about women's health without talking about the healthcare system uh-huh and this is where we have to be careful because I realize this is opening, a, could be opening a humongous, terrifying can of worms when we talk about healthcare system. We have to talk about all this other stuff. Yeah. But let's just talk about the flaws in the current system and, and try and make yeah. it as specific as we can that really work against women looking out for their own health so we can understand why this is such an important topic. So I do a workshop, a women's health workshop. I've done it multiple times we do it monthly in our office we're always providing free workshops because again our we want to provide that education and information and we're all about empowering the person to then be able to make those choices for themselves which I think is what we kind of are lacking in our medical society right now is that we're not empowering people to make their own choices and take their health into their own hands we're relying on other people and other professionals and practitioners to tell us what to do and it's not really fair to them, right? I think, we, but what we need to do is start educating and understanding our bodies better so we can then take matters into our own hands, right? So I do a workshop monthly, and I'm really, again, trying to shift that paradigm. And I like to throw out some of the staggering truths of women's health is that statistically looking, like, women's health sucks. And it's, <laughs> it does. And it's it's frustrating. And it's, like, it then becomes very personal because if you're looking at, like, you know, autoimmune disorders and you're looking at infertility and miscarriage and PCOS and endometriosis and fibromyalgia and breast cancer and just cancers in general, the numbers are staggering. And statistics can mean absolutely nothing to somebody until they are one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... I'm a huge believer in like, okay, great, like that sounds pretty, like 70% autoimmune is in females. Like that sounds, whoa, that's pretty crazy. But until it's you or it's somebody that you know, that's when it really hits home. But I do think most of those statistics, somebody can, you know, listening can be like, well, yeah, I know someone with breast cancer. I know someone who's had a miscarriage. And then it becomes really personal. And then if women are talking about it and you're creating a community where more women are talking about it and you know more people that are affected by this, you're going like, whoa, like these are big issues that we're dealing with that are unique to women. And what are we doing about it? I think that's the key question. That's seriously, like, what are we doing about it? Or what are we doing that's propelling these statistics continue to get worse? Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're not getting any better. Like, breast cancer last year, 2018, they expected, predicted over 800,000 cases of invasive breast cancer. I don't know what the actual statistic is because it hasn't come out yet. I've looked. But that's huge. You know, it's it's enormous and to get personal for a second. Yeah. My you know my mom passed away last year as you know, mm-hmm. and it was a cancer related thing and it was interesting how when she was fighting that how honestly difficult it was for her to just find non invasive mm-hmm. you know uh, treatments. She definitely had to search around. But what's interesting to me is how hard it is to find treatment for all kinds of health related stuff for women specifically and mm-hmm. we could talk about this more in a gen- general sense of course but yeah. 
with women specifically, whether it's cancer related or whether it's, you know, whatever, it's so hard to find something that is not going to completely screw up their body. And it's, uh, it just seems very limited to me. It seems like we kind of stopped somewhere at figuring out options. Does that sound fair to say? Well, yeah, because what, I mean, what I think's happened, especially with women's health and not to negate, you know, that men have problems too, but right. We because go get their episode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Won't be with me, but um, you know, because of again how statistically like everything is more common, it's so common that we're like, oh, it's normal, and it's like it's not normal, but we have accepted it as being truth or being normal, and we do start to say, especially talking to women, that well, I'm tired, and. I was postpartum, so of course I'm moody. Of course I'm sad. You know, I have four kids, so of course I'm tired. I have a thyroid. Of course I have a thyroid issue. Of course I have fibromyalgia. Of course I have pain. You know, like cancer. It's so expected that mm-hmm. it's like nobody can nobody can say, oh, I don't know anyone that's ever had cancer because it's so common. Right. But again, we accept it rather than like you're saying. Like, you know, one thing is, like, treatment, which, you know, how much has that really changed in the last how many years, if we're specifically talking about cancer? But anything. Like, what? how has treatment really evolved at all? But then even, like, looking at the cause. Like, we kind of negate even looking at the cause because it's so common. We're just like, oh, we just have to treat it. But it's like, what are we doing? You know, if we're looking at, again, sustainability, I believe we kind of make our own problems. Mm -hmm. Right? Humans, we're great. But we we forget that we're, like, the only ones to blame for most of the world's issues. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. And and that's that's a hard thing for a lot of people to (laughs) Sorry. And and no, I I want to bring this up just to be diplomatic on the show because if there's someone listening and, and really mm-hmm. thinks that that's something that is an attack on any group. No. It's certainly not. It's no. it's really just understanding. And this is part of the challenge and, and I think part of the solution at, at shifting cultures into being more sustainable. Yes. You have to shift your mindset as a human. And to shift your mindset is really difficult. It's a hard thing to do. And so it involves taking your pride and your ego out of the mm-hmm. situation and understanding that it's not all about you and that it's more complicated and, and you're really one infinitesimal part of the earth as one living thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like such hippie stuff to talk about. But ask any astronaut about <laughs> about how the earth works um and from especially from a you know a galactic level yeah I mean, it's it's really important to understand that every piece is like a cog and it, it all works together so women's health is so important to talk about yeah for these obvious reasons like we that. are creating the next generation so yeah. not to say that these statistics don't matter and that it's just life and people get sick is one thing, but are they going to continue to get worse? Because will, and how will that affect the next generation? We already are looking at a generation of kids that are sicker than the generation before. That's not all maternal health, but then the United States has like one of the worst maternal health. Right. What is it? Like they're where they're rated, like it's, it's not 29. Good. Like it, when you start to look into child care, yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> I got to be careful not to go too far because no. I do want to cover um, a lot of other issues related to this. And there's so much to cover. Well, I mean, but... it's like, it's just like, it's just like respecting, again, respecting women and respecting their role in the sustainability of the planet and like how taking care of our women and is really taking care of the next generation. And 
we're not. We're not taking care of our women. Thanks again for listening to the show today. I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am. I wanted to take a quick break to remind you that this Saturday, April 6th, is the day of our great garbage pickup downtown. So here's what you want to do. Find us on Facebook and follow the event page. There you'll find links and information about anything you need relating to the cleanup. We'll be meeting up at Coeur Bike Company at 9 a.m. for coffee provided by the wonderful folks at Coffee Roboto and toast that will blow your mind by Mac Bread. We'll head out to Clean Tubs Hill right afterwards. If you want to get involved in your city and seeing what the Sustainable Culture Podcast is all about, this is the best way to do it. With that said, let's go back to Dr. Hannah to discuss the next generation in regard to women's health. Let's talk about the next generation, okay. in fact. Um, let's not forget about the young ladies out there. No. Um, what about women's health when it comes to young girls? How do we distinguish this focus in relation to the new generations that come into existence? Well, I think education on our own bodies is lost. Understanding physiologically, especially as a young girl, what's going on and those changes because like, they're becoming women and we're, we're getting menstrual cycles and we're getting hormones and... We are a society that's really quick to take something that's slightly annoying (laughs) and just being like, oh, you don't need to deal with that. And again, I'm all for like women's rights. I'm not like this huge like feminist, but I'm all for like, hey, back in the 60s and, you know, the FDA approved birth control. It was like huge win for women. But I also think we're now seeing kind of the detriment of that in these next generations and in our women's health statistics. You know, not to say it's the only cause, but it's something to look at. Um, And I think if we don't, then we're just pretending, you know, putting that in the blinders. Mm -hmm. And so with our next generation and these young women, it's very common to rather than educate and allow a young woman to understand her body and those cycles and that process and what it means and what that means to be a woman and for her own health, we turn it off. We give a medication or a pill to help decrease annoying symptoms and say, oh, you don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't become an issue until a woman is 25 and married and then wants to have a baby and finally coming off birth control. And she's synthetically kind of, you know, propelled her body to this age, but really physiologically from a reproductive standpoint she's immature because she's still that young girl that was 13 that started having her period and it was you know she had symptoms and so we turned it off which then is going to affect our infertility rates because which is are continuing to get worse Mm -hmm. um where women are having a difficult time getting pregnant and then so what do we do we help again synthetically to like say hey you want to have a baby here, like, take this or do this. And then not to take away any woman's right to have a baby because that's instilled in you, but are we somehow disrupting the balance of nature rather than honoring and respecting it, right? We're turning, like, we're literally just, like, abruptly doing something, which we could talk about just the pill and hormonal contraception for hours and what that's doing to a woman's body, but just even, again, that generation, like, we're dealing with a bunch of women who are now having fertility issues and hormone issues and maybe we were the cause 
younger. So why do, like, what I get fired up about is, like, why we should educate our young women to understand what that is. Like, what is a period? Why does it matter? Like, don't be shamed. Don't be scared. Like, let's talk about it. Let's educate you on that. And you should be proud of it. It's, it's part of your natural self. Yeah. And and that's that's what's amazing to me. And if I could lightly say, I don't want to get lost in the... There's so many topics oh. I can get lost in the woods. This is such a funny episode because we're like, well, let's be careful about this topic. Um, because and don't so, go down that rabbit hole. Go, yeah, we're like, let's stay on the trail, Alice, uh, because we have to be careful. There's so many woods around. So... Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention this because in society, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to outright say it as a dude, is that we talk about the the concept of women's menstrual cycles as this like, it, on all scales. Yeah. I'm talking about dudes. I'm saying dudes, but you know, men see it that way. Now we have a society where we tell women to see it that way. That strictly from an observational standpoint, that seems weird to me. I mean, is that fair? That seems fair to say. I mean, and this is globally, right? Like, this is one of those things with, like, women and their menstrual cycles and periods that is an issue globally. Like, what was the... There was just a documentary, which was a huge win, that one where they're talking about in India and girls not able to go to school and being kind of, like, shamed away from everybody else when they're on their period because of a lack of education and understanding, you know, and really, again, honoring something that makes a woman a woman. Mm -hmm. But we have a similar issue here in the States. It's not as, like, you know, you can walk down an aisle of a grocery store and buy tampons. Like, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not like in in certain parts of the Middle East where they literally put women in, like, we're with the cows. Right, they like, like that. quarantine them. It that's at least we're not there. No. <laughs> but, but but we yeah. still but we still have an underlining perception of what a period is and it's annoying and it's it's like embarrassing and it's gross and you should like no one should ever know you're on your period and it's you know it's like you know it's like we just Like, no one should ever know. It's like it's a secret that you're dealing with. And then, too, like, we don't talk about then, like, what it means to then have symptoms of a period. Like, to have painful periods or to have heavy bleeding or to not be ovulating and, you know, to have these issues around a period. It's like, it's like, oh, we just don't want to deal with it. And I'll tell you right now, there's probably guys listening to this right now going, ah, you're talking about all these words that I don't like to listen to. And, like... (laughs) It's, you know, know. that's a problem. I I see that as a problem from a scientific standpoint. (laughs) As I, as I, and I'm just a student still, but as I study science, as it pertains to human beings, just being human beings, Mm -hmm. yes, there are physiological differences we need to pay attention to, of course, but I don't understand this direction we've all uh, decided to go in to shame natural occurrences in the Mm -hmm. human body. I don't understand that. And I think that part of, and I think you agree with this strongly, is that part of shifting society into becoming more sustainable, we need to look at things like women's health. And we need to learn the fact that we shouldn't be shaming the way that we are physiologically meant to be no and that's where that's where i think like then as a society we go well just take the pill control it decrease the symptoms like now too we think of hormonal contraception it's implanon it's like this thing in your arm it's an iud this foreign object that you know more often than not gets lost in your intestines to understand female physiology and understand that this cyclical thing of creating an egg 
and ovulating it and having it take this journey to your uterus and whether it get you know whether it's fertilized or not right this is the journey of that egg and then again it's looking at the period as like this amazing thing that allows women to have babies so if we were to honor that and look at it for what it is which is a window into what's going on in a woman's health so if we started to see the period rather than this like horrible thing that happens every month, which most women think of, which is sad because it is what makes them a woman, and rather looking at it as this amazing thing that's going on and then looking at the pieces of it, like the symptoms as windows into what's going on in their physiology, how they're producing hormones or what are their nutritional deficiencies or what is their toxicity load or their lack of communication in their body and start saying, okay, great, now we can't have this, like, which is, I think, great for women. Men don't necessarily have this, right? <laughs> we can understand where our gaps are health-wise, and we can make shifts and changes, and then every month see improvements in that. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I think, understanding that not only is that your physiology, physiological health in your body, but it's also then your mental health and your energetic health and how you are, again, cyclical throughout that month and where you are in your period and how your hormones, the good hormones, right? Hormones don't make us crazy. It's the lack of hormones that make us crazy. Mm -hmm. So, no, sorry, women are not crazy, but (laughs) I say that, right? Um, but then we can start honoring it rather than wanting to turn it off, which I think would be a huge win for women. You know, I'm only one person and there are many other women and practitioners that are kind of in this movement too. And they're like the people that I'm learning from and following suit. And they're trying again to make this shift because I think that we would start to see a change in women's health and from a more sustainable standpoint, right? If we honor just the period, it seems like this little insignificant thing, but if we just started even honoring that rather than synthetically and medically trying to eliminate it, would we see a shift in statistics for women in the future? Like, would we start to see these statistics not get worse, but get better? Mm -hmm. And would we also start to see women who were more comfortable in their bodies and who felt more empowered because they understood themselves, would we also start to see that shift in society? And especially in our younger generation. Because I don't think there, again, there's any woman out there who can say that at one point she was not embarrassed or felt shame for being on her period. You're too embarrassed to ask for a sanitary product. And so you're like, oh no, like, and so to make that just be more open and accepted, and for men too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they should know. They, you know, they were born from a woman. They should know what all of that entails and why it's so important. Yeah, and that's that's part of why I kind of got fired up earlier about how that education is just so Mm -hmm. wrong. Because not only do women have to deal with it on their own, but you also have men who just have no idea what to even do. Mm -hmm. Um, Not even a clue. Because there's really no education there. There is just nothing. I mean, we have, like, sex ed, which is kind of a joke as it is. Yeah, like, what was your experience with, like, health and sex ed? I mean, it was basically (laughs) a bunch of teenagers in a room chuckling at every picture that was put up on the front of the classroom or every body part that was mentioned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it was very... Oh, uvula. You know, like, yeah. we just laugh at stuff. And I just don't think... I mean, that's a whole nother... Again, <laughs> again, 
We have to escape the woods. Run away. We will get into this at some point. But <laughs> the bottom line is that, uh, yeah, we'll have to bring you back. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we've talked about a lot. What do you think that local people who live, at least let's bring it back to a, a yeah. tiny level. Let's bring it back to Coeur d'Alene and, and figure out what Coeur d'Alene women can do and what Coeur d'Alene women can uh, focus on and, and what they can rely on you for. Yeah, and I am grateful to be in a community like Coeur d'Alene because I do think, I mean, we are in North Idaho, but <laughs> we are forward thinking here. We're like kind of this like cool little pocket of people who, you know, we do have people that are concerned about sustainability and they are health conscious and they are looking to make improvements in their health or learn and educate themselves to make better choices for their families. So I do feel very grateful and I feel like what I'm doing as far as people who have heard me speak or coming to our mom's group are very receptive of what I'm saying. And that's good for me because I think I feel like I'm saying something completely different than what most of society is saying. I would agree. So bringing it back to Coeur d'Alene, I think more education and basically it's like bringing more awareness to it so you know i'm one person doing a health talk once a month but i also am grateful to have this community around where i work and where i practice you know in the holistic moms group to feel like i'm starting to have this like bigger spread of influence on these women and i will tell you some of the highlights of my day are sitting like across from another woman and just having that conversation and then giving them reassurance that yeah i'm hearing where you're at and this is what that means and this is how your body works and this is how we can help support your body to do these things that are natural to help get you back on course to help allow you to then make these strides in your health and be able to live the life you want to live, right? Women are tough Mm -hmm. and they put up with a lot. And I don't think it's fair. They need a partner. They need somebody to help guide them in the right direction. And I think they want that. I mean, the internet is full of information, but it's different when you have somebody who's like a trusted advisor that's not pushing you in any direction, but it's basically like helping walk beside you and say like, hey, I want to educate you, meet you where you're at, and show you all the things that you can do, right? Like, cause if we're, I mean, looking at what we can do to increase our health, like there's probably a million things that we could all do, just tiny ones, but what's going to be the first place that you go? Where do you start? And so I like to think that I'm at least giving people a starting point and a foundation to start building a strong foundation to then start building on top of it just to to create this health that they want. Unfortunately, we have to stop talking at some point. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you so much for talking to me. It's been a joy. I've been sitting here like a little schoolboy with my, just my fist under my chin, just (laughs) do tell. And, you know, I just find this stuff so fascinating. So I hope we can talk about this a lot more in the future and maybe go down some of those trails in the woods. There's a lot we can talk about. And uh, I'm excited to see what Spolstra has planned. And we will talk a lot more about Spolstra. Hey, Amy, talking to you. Give me a call. All right. See you later. Bye. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here today. 
and we've opened up several doors into prospects of future topics like healthcare, childbirth, and other really big ones. Understanding women's health is absolutely essential to our survival as human beings, and there's no other way to put it if you think about it. And if men can understand the importance of women's health as well, then we have a winning formula to sustain a community. Genders, races, cultures, people working and learning together. We will talk about these things throughout every single episode because sustainability is about so much more than just how you throw things away. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Like the episode and share with your friends. And if you'd like more information from Dr. Hannah and the Spolster team on women's health and the Holistic Moms Group, visit cdahealth.com. I'm Josh McLaughlin. I'll see you next time.